right, here it is. Field of 12 after dark, powered by Bit Rivers. What is happening? Excited to be here again. Clint Sterner, Darren Wrencher, Yogi Roth. It's going to be a fun night. We got a lot to talk about. Fellas, let's give you a little bit of the rundown. Uh, we're going to talk about Clemson. Are they real? D, you're all over that. Arkansas, their playoff hopes. What's that about? Pac-12, we're going to give some love to this league finally. Um, Miami, we'll get into that. And then, of course, the changes going on in college football. I want your opinions on that because, unfortunately, I think this is going to become a trend. Coaches getting let go before conference play even begins for a lot of these teams. Not the greatest of news for our sport, but kind of the way that it's going. So before we get to that, cheersing. I think that we should cheers tonight, have a toast too. And D, you, you inspired me, man. You said your word for life was execute, okay, before we got yeah. on. So give me a cheers. Like, we're going to get to the football. What, what is, like, the word for each one of your lives? And in one sentence, why? Okay. D, you got to go first. All right. So I would just say currently right now, just finished school, got a little girl on the way. I uh, got a lot of dreams on the horizon that are coming to fruition, and I feel like I'm trying to execute. And my reason being is because potential does not matter. Execution does. Oh, congrats yeah. on the baby girl, man. She Thank you. That. That is hey, awesome. D, I'm here for your brother. I'm seven months ahead of you, and I'm going to give you your first tip. I'm going to give you the first tip. <laughs> zip Please. up one, Zip up onesies. Tell everybody mm. now you don't want them button up onesies, man. You, zip up, <laughs> zip. That's that's the, that's the biggest that's the biggest game changer we've had. I know not. And once you put that out there, once you D, once you put it out there, like like, and if you just hey, I'm having a baby, get get me some good stuff, and you get fifty of them, and then you realize it ain't the way to go. It's too late. I'm telling you now, let all you people know if it ain't got a zipper on it, I don't want it. I ain't gonna lie, I'm too late. She's a girl, bro. Grandma's, my mom, her mom's already spoiled the kid. I, we got tons of stuff already. So I don't know what it is. It might be some zip ups in there. So I'm gonna pray. I'm gonna go look in a second. We got some zip up ones. <laughs> That's good stuff, man. I tell you what, I've been, yo, I've been on the earth a little longer than my boy Wrench, but I, but I'm gonna, um, mine's adversity, man. I, I, I just, I, I think a man's true character is defined in times of adversity. I believe in it, I've experienced it. It shaped me. Mine, luckily, was sports adversity. It wasn't, you know, I haven't dealt with a ton of personal adversity in my life, uh, but I, but I learned, I learned from the sports adversity that I dealt with, and I, I believe that uh, everybody goes through it, and you better be ready uh, when it hits, and and because uh, your true character is gonna be gonna be revealed. Thanks. I love that. Cheers to that, bro. Cheers to that, Cheers. indeed. You got some kombucha over there? What you got? I do. I got a little healthy, bubbly <laughs> rosé kombucha. You know, good for the gut, right? I word, uh, every year I pick a word of the year. My wife and I do it. We even got our little man to do it now, our seven-year-old. And my word of the year is flow. And the line that I love around that is to move with intent, but go with the flow. I think as an athlete, as a former walk-on, I always would force everything. Even in my professional career, sometimes you'd force it. I just turned 41, and I've learned that much like riding a wave, you got to just roll with it. Be intentional. Choose if you want to paddle in or not. But once you're in, go where it goes. Don't don't try to force it too hard. So that is my word. I think that uh, all three of those, whether it's flow, uh, adversity, or execute, those could be t-shirts. Just go to the field, field of 68 dot shop, <laughs> right? What do you think, Jeff Goodman? Come on, make, make a shirt for us. Uh, maybe everybody can use their, their word of the year. Those three words, I think, are really important as we transition to talking about Clemson, right? 
they didn't they they lost their flow a little bit last year. They met some adversity at the quarterback position last year, one might argue this year, but they finally executed in the didn't they? Hey, uh, I ain't gonna lie, that was smooth as hell, boy. Uh, <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, <laughs> bro, 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 I like that. Every bro once in a while, while. Yogi. Come All right, on. so bro, you you you're the former Clemson Tiger. Yeah. Talk to us. Like we know they have players. Nobody's gonna argue that. But we saw it in multiple overtimes. We saw that win against Wake Forest. Um, Wake Forest is still ranked. They saw it on the road. It was impressive. What's what's the reality? Are we are we still building as the year goes on? Have they arrived? Uh, where's your net net on this team, man? If I said they arrived, Coach Swinney, if you ever heard a snippet of this, would shoot me dead. Because mm. for forever, forever climbing a mountain, forever moving uphill, uh, always improving is the Clemson way. Uh, but I, I think they, to me, they've answered the problems from last year and have new problems to answer for this year. That's probably the best way I would describe this year's team. If you look at like a lot of the things that didn't allow us to be as successful as we have been at Clemson, which is the offense, we just our defense was dynamic last year. I mean, those guys, oh my gosh, they were amazing last year. So many goal line stands, so many heroic moments. It's uh, literally our defense just coming through. <clears throat> and last year, we just couldn't we couldn't move the ball. We didn't have a lot of cohesion. We had we had spurts there. We just we just couldn't get in the flow. Um, but this year, they answered those questions. As crazy as this sounds. I think about the, all the talent that's come to Clemson the last decade. This year's team has put the most points through four games. Yeah. Through more, more than Trevor Lawrence, Taj Boyd, Travis Etienne, T. Higgins, Nuke Hopkins, Sammy Watkins. I mean, the list goes on. The guys on this team have put up more points in the first four games than any team to come to Clemson. And to me, that's remarkable to the coaching staff and more so to the players from last year that came back and bought in. And so I think they answered that question. The question right now, which we nobody perceived it to be a question, is the defense. And do they have all the ingredients? Yes. Are they a little injury? Uh, kind of, you know what I'm saying, mitigating some injuries right now or dealing with that? Yes. But at the same time, they haven't they haven't been as dominant as people would want them to be, claiming the, the defensive line that they have. They, they, they are all freaks. But to me, the, the what will make them a championship really contender team is what the defense is going to do the, 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 the next couple of weeks, especially this week coming up. Can the offense be consistent and can the defense kind of rally back and be who, we, who everybody believes they can be? Okay. All right. We got Devin Leary coming to town on game days coming as a big deal, right? At, at Look, first game day since 2015 or 2016. Rick, I think um, it's – wow. Talk to me. No, I mean, that's – well, that stat you threw, you threw out there is big, man. I mean, because you, you watch Clemson. Um, you're right. obviously on the inside. But when I watch Clemson – uh, you know, you take into account uh, a quarterback that's kind of coming into his own. You take into account a new offensive coordinator. And I say all that to say, boy, you I don't even need to know all that. I just watch that football team and go, man, you, I mean, they've got so much room to grow offensively. I mean, and I'm talking about just from the, the I know. play caller and the quarterback coming together, the quarterback coming into his own. If, if they're already putting up numbers like that, good gosh, man, when they start hitting on all cylinders – they're gonna be uh they're gonna be a, a tough stop. There's no no question. And y'all, I mean, well, I hope uh, I don't know if everybody's a multi sport athlete, but I, I would compare it to basketball. Like it's to me, the last game was kind of like a, a 30 point game when you knew somebody dropped 30 points. Up until this point, it's kind of like a quiet like 20 ball. You know what I'm saying? It hasn't yeah. been super dynamic. We found ways to kind of manufacture points throughout the game, 
And if they can really start to put it all together, like last week, the offense was dynamic. I mean, big plays all over the field, big runs, big throwing catches, yards at the contact. And that to me, that's what Clemson offenses are known to be, that explosive, get a lot of plays in. If you want to do a shootout, we can do a shootout with you. That's kind of like the, the, the culture of DNA has been established. And so if they, if they – with all that being said, like you said, to me, you still see the room for improvement. If they can put it all together, they could be arguably one of the best offenses in the country when it's all said and done. T- tell me this. Tell me this, Rich. Like, I, when I watch Clemson – Yeah. The, the Clemson of old, they could do two things. And, and I think it's different right now in Clemson. I heard you t- – I chimed into your spaces. Good job, by the way, after that game. Great, great call getting that done. That was well done, sir. Um, but they they usually have one or two or three receivers that turn the 50-50 ball into what you call it, an 80-20 ball at Clemson? 80-20 ball, right. I, I don't – they waste a lot of downs trying to find that guy right now. And that's on the offensive side of the football. So I, I think Clemson's going to – that's one room for improvement or they're going to have to adjust and do things a little bit differently. And on the, defensive side, on the defensive side of the football, the Clemson teams that I know and that I've, I've watched dominate, and really all defenses that dominate, they can do things with their down four that most people have to do with five, six, or seven guys. Right. I, I don't know that Clemson – I know we thought their deep line was really, really good, and they may be good, but it looks to me like Clemson can't stop the run and can't consistently pressure the passer with their front four the way that Clemson defenses of the past have been able to do. And that's a diff- that's a game changer for Clemson on that side of the ball. No, I would have – I mean, as much as I, I want to argue for the, for the sake that I know what it could look like, but I can't argue that it's not looking like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Um, and so when I watched even my last game, one of the biggest things, I, so they – we wanted to be the defense to basically go zone, stack the box where they couldn't run it and trust that we got elite deep defensive backs, which we do at Clemson, supposedly four or five-star guys. I mean, it's the best you're going to get when you go out there recruiting. Ain't like we're recruiting some Joe Smoes out there. Right, right. And we want to, we want to line up and play man. And we got torched. <laughs> I mean <it's, laughs> – I mean, it was like, all right, and these are like dudes I play with, so it's all love, but at the same time, let's call it Spade a Spade. It's like, we got torched, bro, and they know it. Like, I mean, it was, all right, one down, okay, give up one big play. But it was play after play, P.I. after P.I. And some of them, I think the refs were tripping a little bit, but at the same time, it's like, all right, 10 P.I.s, it can't be just all be the ref. You know, something's on us. And then we go to zone, and that was kind of the end of the like, fourth quarter, and they ran the ball. I'm talking about six, seven, eight. Nine, ten, a clip. And that's you you're counting on that front four and the kind of like the linebackers to hey fill a gap and make a play. And bro, they were running the ball at will. And so yeah, I, I think there's on the defensive side, like I mean, Coach Swins will be the first one to say they gotta improve. Um, because if they can if Clemson can score 35 points a game, that should be able to win a game. Realistically, you shouldn't have to have a shootout every week. So hopefully this week is Clemson has a solid day offense, has a decent day on defense, and holding the guys from NC State. I think you got a top ten, another W to the on on, on the books. Ooh. Okay, all right. So I want to follow up on that. Uh, we're going to hear from Miles Murphy. Do you talk to him? Which is an amazing yeah. interview. We'll hear from that in a moment. Uh, but here's my question: Devin Leary's coming in, and we know what he can do. He, he came out this summer to the Elite Eleven as a counselor. Tim, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Caleb Williams, Dorian Thompson Robinson were the guys. And he was, 
know, he could deal. He, he could ride with those guys from an arm talent standpoint. The guy's got massive chip on his shoulder. Uh, this is their year, right? Last year, NC State went on a nice little run towards the end of the year. Uh, but this is a big game. So my question is, it felt like two weeks ago we were debating, like, is DJ the guy? Where's his confidence right. at? You know that better than anybody. Now, is this a game where if you're like, he's got to throw dudes open in this game. Do you, how confident are you that he can do it, knowing that's exactly what Devin Leary can do? And it might become another 51, 40 shootout. shootout. Man, I would say um, DJ, I think DJ is playing himself to be one of the best quarterbacks in this league in the country. If he, if he, if he keeps playing like he has, I mean, last game and the game, games before that, they probably didn't get as much uh, hype. He's been throwing some really good balls. I mean, like some really like, like only that guy can catch the ball. And also, like you, you're a quarterback's guy. There's some, sometimes you can you can catch the ball for the receiver if you throw it if you throw it good enough. He's been throwing some of those type balls where it's like if he don't put it right there, I mean the receiver's not catching the ball. And so I think he can. I mean, it, to me, last week just as as much as you want to see defense step up, it's kind of one of those games as a coach where you're like so happy to see that kid do that yeah and so hopefully you don't have to do that every game but i think he he's shown that he can do it and i would just say on the on the nc state because i feel like the, the wolf pack i respect their fan base they're crazy as hell in from nc state though they're those like that going to <laughs> nc state last year to raleigh people don't sleep wolf pack nation gets up bro um and so I, to me if you look at the landscape of acc um especially most i think out of the last eight years that they see champions come from our side of the division besides Pitt. Pitt won it last year. Before that, it was between Clemson and Florida State. To me, right now, it's kind of becoming a shift. Florida State's having a good year, but they haven't been really that good the past three or four years. NC State was able to get there last year and play Pitt. Or no, it was Wake. It was Wake. Yeah. Um, but to me, this is like, all right, y'all beat us last year. Hats off to you. Down year, whatever people want to call it. We, we went to y'all's place. Y'all beat us finally, and you got to respect it. If I'm NC State's coach, Dave Dorn, I'm saying, hey, we want to be the team that we, we work hard to be and be the team we claim to be. We got to go to Clemson and cut the head off the dragon. And I'm like, Clemson, if they want it, hey, look, it's, it's yours for the taking. Game, college game day, top 10 matchup. If y'all really want to be that team, y'all say y'all want to be, come to the Valley and do it. Mm. And, and we're gonna see. That's I'm excited about this game because I even coach. Look, I'm gonna keep it real. Coach Sweeney and Coach Dorn, Coach Coach Sweeney and Coach Clawson, they buddy buddy. Coach Dorn and Coach Sweeney. It's a little like it's always been like that though. Like, it's it's cool. It's a it's a little spunky little rivalry we got. It's kind of been some stuff in the past with like a computer. They thought we were cheating on the sidelines. Ooh. The funniest the funniest thing. Go look at these clips, people. I think it was 2017. We we're playing. It was Bradley Chubb. Uh, um, he plays – I think he plays for the Broncos now. Defensive end and went, like, top couple rounds. He was doing his thing with Kelly Brown. Every time Kelly Brown would run, he would take his towel and throw it in there. But it was kind of cute, but it was, like, every down. And so it's mm. always been a little, like, a little spice to this one. Every game's important, but this one's got a little edge to it. And you've seen in the past kind of get so chippy. So I'm I'm excited for this game. I really am. Like, I'm excited. All right, Clint, who you got in this I, game? I can't, I can't tell. I can't tell, D. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, Clint, who you got real quick, and then we're going to get to Miles Murphy. 
Who you pick? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ride with Clemson because I think Clemson's just in another category right now. But the two things I mentioned about Clemson with the, you know, they got, they're going to do some things differently offensively than what they t- historically have done in the last six, seven, eight, ten years um, in, in terms of generating a big play in a different way or they're going to keep, keep wasting downs. Um, and they're going to have to mix it up on defense. So I, I'm not real confident in it, but but Clemson's a better football team. They should win that ball game, I believe. Yeah. All right. I'd like to see Clemson win, but I'll go the other way. Just be <laughs> All right. With that said, uh, let's get to our interview. D, set it up in 30 seconds. Like, yeah. What was the context of the next three minutes we're going to hear with you and Mr. Murph? So Miles Murphy is definitely a more um, – just like he's not, he's not the he's not a vocal guy, but he has a huge presence on that football team. I think he's one of the best defensive ends. Uh, not just me saying, but rated coming out of this this draft class, uh, special kid, and I think he's a leader on that defense. We're talking the big win leading up to this next big game, and then they got a little mantra there. They call themselves the Avengers, the D line, and he's giving his persona. So coming up next, Miles Murphy. Yo, it's good. Uh, Field of 12, After Dark, uh, your host, Jerry Rencher, one of your hosts, joined with my man, Miles Murphy. What's good, bro? What's up? What's up? Uh, glad to have you on the show, man. Look, uh, Miles, former teammate of mine, really recently. So, getting a couple of things. First things first, big W on the road against Wake, conference game, ranked opponent. How we feeling? What are your thoughts, bro? Um, honestly, feeling good. Uh, I guess this goes to show how, how far our offense has grown. As far as being able to put points on the board and uh, knowing that our defense doesn't have to, you know, be the be the ones to, you know, hold teams down to single digit points, but um, you know, there obviously there are some things that we need to fix on the defense defensive side of the ball, whether it be pass rush, playing against the run, or uh, playing the pass in deep coverage. Yeah, bro, I I think you you hit it on the head. I to me through these first four games, even though expectations haven't like automatically lined up. I think some of the things we were scared about from last year have been, like, proven, especially the offense. Like, for the offense, the I saw a stat that they said that through four through four games, this is the most highest-scoring offense to ever come through Clemson. And that's crazy. Oh, yeah. We've had some, you know what I'm saying, some dudes. We, we both have played with some really good players throughout time at Clemson. I think this offense is, like, up there with them. It's just from last year to this year, it's night and day. But like you said, you hit on something with the defense, I think, if people would have came into the season and been like, if you if you'd have told people the offense is going to struggle, they'd have been like, they'd have, people would have bet their money that the offense would have struggled. People wouldn't have bet their money the defense would have struggled like y'all have. I think y'all have all the ingredients, especially some injuries there. Like, what do you think's kind of like missing? What do you want to see it really improve? Um, honestly, it's really like it's really just small stuff that starts with practice, in my opinion. Uh, just the the way we practice, uh, practicing with a certain intensity and the way it translate, translates to the game. And yeah. I, I kind of been saying, like, we need, we sometimes need these kind of need, sometimes need these things to happen to us so we can practice a different way, know what it takes to prevent those things and then learn from them and, you know, do what we need to do to make it not happen again. So honestly, with that, with that happen, I think it was good and a bad thing, if that makes sense. No, I think I think it comes like I think both is a blessing and a curse. Like for the offense last year to kind of be nobody care or have any belief when we're doing the offensive side, then to see them kind of rally back is a good thing. That also could have been a bad thing. They could have just believed that what everybody was saying. DJ could have believed what everyone was saying and not been able to kind of turn that page. Different than y'all. I ain't saying y'all read the press clippings. I know Swinney Pride has said that said that saying to y'all so many times. Stop reading the press clippings. 
but maybe a little humility along this journey because like y'all y'all 4-0, you can't be better than 4-0. Obviously, you want to play better. But I think the stage to kind of become a championship team, I think that all the right ingredients and things are kind of there. Humility, some praise for offense, it's all there. But moving on, bro, this week, college game day, top 10 matchup, a little revenge tour. I know Coach Winnie going to throw that in this week. Uh, how do you feel going to NC State game? Uh, I feel I feel good, especially really coming, especially coming off this game. Like it's it's gonna, you know how Monday meetings are after games like this. So it's right. Gonna, <laughs> you know, we gonna we gonna hear an airful, but you know we're gonna we're gonna bounce back. We're gonna bounce back real strong, especially the entire defense. Uh, office is gonna keep it up. I know it says it's gonna be a big hurricane or something. So it's gonna I be pretty that. rainy. So you know with hurricane coming, gonna be a lot of ground and pound. So you know it's uh, it's gonna be a lot of trench work. For sure. I'm excited for it. See, I'm excited for it, honestly. All right. Nice job, D. That was a fun interview. Um, obviously, excitement around the game. And, of course, we're sending our best to everybody dealing with the weather and all the things that may be coming to that part of the country. Speaking of a part of the country, Clint, Arkansas, pretty exciting part of the country this weekend. You got Alabama coming through town. <laughs> lost a tough one to Jimbo over the weekend. You're going to be there in that ball game. It's safe to say there's going to be a little bit of your word, adversity, in that one. What do you, what do you think? Like, like, Who's the better team? It's fair to say Alabama's been somewhat tested, but not dramatically, right? If we saw Texas lost to Texas Tech, if we want to play the comparison game, which I hate for the record, but we do it. Um, what, what do you think? What do you think, bro? Yo, I think your ass is trying to set me up, Yogi. <laughs> Who's the best team between Arkansas? I mean, Arkansas and AM, the best team's Arkansas. Arkansas and Alabama? Hell, I ain't. My mama didn't raise a fool now. I mean, she's crazy as hell, but she didn't raise a fool. Um, yeah, no, I mean, look, look, bro. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Alabama's a better football team. I, I think the, the word here for me is I, I just think Alabama is more vulnerable right now than, than they have been in years past. Um, I, I don't think that uh, Bryce Young has the established targets at the wide receiver position. Um, which, damn, I don't know who does according to what he's had, you know, to this point in his career. And typically they just <laughs> typically they just reload like like we've never seen with with talent. Um, and, and I just don't think that they've been able to do it this year. And if they have, maybe we just haven't seen it yet. But at the end of the day, for me, it's it's a vulnerable team because offensively they are not who they were last year with all the receivers and 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 the, the running game. Um, and Arkansas has a shot. We got him at home. Uh, Bryce Young on the road this year. Um, hell, it may have been in our in our uh, field of twelve thread that uh, tweet tweet thread that we had rolling. I didn't realize Bryce Young on the road this year uh, is, or I guess it's in his career. Wait, what is it? it can't be the career. He's played more than that. But anyway, he's 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 not as good on the road as he is uh, at home in terms of games being a lot closer. So. Um, Arkansas, I think, has an outside shot to get this game to the fourth quarter. And then uh, and then who knows what can happen from there. I, I know uh, give the Cam Little a kicker for, at Arkansas, give him a little shout out. That was that was an uncharacteristic miss last week. He is an, he is an absolute nails kicker. So if it comes down to the fourth quarter, everybody has confidence in him. And um, I, the crazy thing about the Arkansas game this week, guys, I don't know how much y'all got to watch last week, but I'm more confident today in Arkansas than I was going into the A&M game. Mm. And 
obviously the record, I'd like to be four and oh, but they're sitting at three and one. And Arkansas's identity is a is a, a downhill quarterback plus one run game. And everything they do off of that offensively is is dictated by what kind of success they can have between the tackles, downhill in the run game. And the fact that they went out there against an, an AM football team that I thought I think is a really good defense. I think by the end of the year, everybody's going to think they're a really good defense. They're young and they're going to be significantly better, but they're a really good defense already. And Arkansas had their way for four quarters with, with that defensive unit in terms of running the football. Um, I feel better today knowing that they can do that against a, a really good SEC defense, whereas before they had struggled early against Cincinnati, they struggled early against uh, South Carolina in the run game, and um, they came out and took it to, to A&M. So I'm more confident in terms of this Alabama game after seeing what they could do offensively uh, this past weekend at A&M. Okay. All right. Well, you know, what I like is when we look at these schedules, I'm kind of curious – Right, That's what I was Bama. looking at too. Totally. So, so Bama goes Arkansas, A and M, Tennessee, right? Their next three. When you run it back and you look at Arkansas, it's obviously Bama, Mississippi State, BYU. <clears throat> Interesting game. And then we look at A and M, and it is Mississippi State, Bama, South Carolina. So, among those three, where do you think? Like, what do you think the order is going to be at the end of the year when you look at that division in the SEC? Even if it's just A and M and Arkansas, like, what do you, what do you think it nets out if you're going to give Bama the crown? Oh, I, I think I think it's it's Arkansas still for me the second in the West. I, I think I think A and M falls. I think A and M ends up struggling this year, especially with the with the injury to Anaya Smith. They all they've already had a problem offensively, where everything they do offensively, guys, is is a uphill battle. It is a struggle, man. Max Johnson, if you'd have let me cheers to a player today, uh, yo, my mine was going to to Max Johnson. He made huge plays, clutch. I'm talking about under pressure, getting cut in half, hang in there, lay a ball with with a little bit of air, and give his his receiver time to uncover. He made three or four throws that were absolutely monster moments. And so, um, you know, my point in saying that is everything they did was difficult, man. Everything, everything offensively they do is a struggle. And you just lost to Nia Smith, who is really your only receiver that the head coach, offensive play caller Jimbo Fisher knows like the back of his hand. Your quarterback knows him like the back of his hand. He can do all these different things. He's real versatile. You lose that guy. And so I think AM offensively was already very suspect in terms of can they score with some of the better teams. I think losing to Nia Smith is going to hurt them significantly. So I think I think I think I think AM ends up falling fallen significantly in, in the in the conference. So if I'm just talking about Arkansas and AM, I believe Arkansas is still still up there with the with the the, the conversation being second in the West. Okay. So D, I want to ask you, you a question. You I want to ask you a question. Because I think this is this is fun to talk about, right? Like if Arkansas loses, essentially we'd say their playoff hopes are are gone. Let's just say an Arkansas team ended up finding success in this ballgame. Just say they won. Right. You're on the sideline. You're going crazy on the field. Gatorade bath on you as well, man. Tequila bath, I think it would be. Um, that too. Memory serves me right. Um, <laughs> but then they lose another one. And then the, there are two lost team that beat Alabama. Said they don't go to the SEC title game. Are people making an argument for them like they would for Alabama if the roles were reversed and didn't go to Never. a title game? Never. 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 The, the, the logo's not big enough. For a team like Arkansas to make it, 
maybe a one loss beat Bama win the SEC championship potentially. That's like the only way. That's like even that's giving. Hold on, D. Hold on, D. There's a lot of lions and tigers and bears out there, baby, but there ain't but one Razorback now. Hey, easy on that logo now. Easy hey, on that. Jerry Jones ain't happy right now. Look, yeah, that would be a two-loss Arkansas ain't going to the playoffs. A, two, a two-loss Clemson ain't going to the playoffs. I don't think too many – only when you two lost, that's – well, it, it's yeah. I mean, it's 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 a moot point because I mean, there ain't there's they shouldn't be talking about they I mean, you know, can they go in there and upset a team that's that's better than them in terms of, of talent and, and really just better than them on, on a given Saturday when that team doesn't really have the firepower they typically have? Absolutely. Yeah. But do they have the ability that, that defense right now, Yog, is just I mean, they're bad, man. Uh, they're, they're bad. They, they, they just don't have. They're not ready yet to be in the conversation of national championships. And and based off of what we watched last week, they're not ready to be in the conversation for SEC championships. It's a small – we got South Carolina and A&M. Neither one of them – in my opinion, neither one of them are, are top half of their league type types of teams, if, if we're being completely honest, based off of what we've seen. And they're one and one. So right now, Arkansas doesn't deserve to be an SEC championship conversation and damn sure not no national championship conversation. A two-loss Arkansas can kiss it goodbye and and, and hope you know hope for a January one bowl. Is that still a thing? Or is that old is that old of me to say a January? Still a thing. There's still New Year's six bowl, but yeah. no matter what, Arkansas, you got a sweet ass love. <laughs> right. That's right. Yeah. That's all that matters, <laughs> Come on. Okay, Name one of them, baby. All right. So I want to, I want you to both answer this question in the in the conference you respectively know the best. Uh, I'd like you to talk about do, how do you feel about the depth of the ACC? How do you right. feel about the depth of the SEC? You guys are in it every day like I am in the Pac-12. We're going to eventually bring it out west, but I'm curious your thoughts mm. about your respective leagues and knowing what is ahead as, you know, I welcome the SEC. Welcome to conference play. You know, we have eight conference games, the ACC as well. It's nice to see you guys join the party. Uh, but with that said, kind of curious, D, you can go first. Yeah, I think if you look, I'm looking at the teams um... – to me, the Coastal is always the most interesting of, like, the ACC. And obviously, we might move to, where like, how the Pac-12 does it. And, like, it's just kind of like an open conference. Um, to me, Pitt, that that loss, like, opening week uh, when Pitt lost to um, – I'm drawing a blank. Who did they lose to? West Virginia. Tennessee. Yeah. West Virginia. I mean, West Virginia. With their backup quarterback on one leg. It just from a no, 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 they, they beat – they lost, they lost to Tennessee, right? Yeah, they lost to Tennessee with the backup yeah, they, QB pretty banged up. Right. And so I, I just think – I think Pitt is a good team. I think Pitt is uh, become like, like a, a team that can come out of our conference and either win the conference like they did last year. I think that more was a testament to how good Kenny Pickett was and mm-hmm. Jordan Addison, that offense and defense. They still got some players back. Um, and they, they got – I think what, what the coach has done, and he's, he's created a championship-level culture. So I, I look at Pitt as like a, a team that will want to represent the ACC. Take, take, take them anywhere. I like Pitt. Um a logo, baby. Beyond, be, beyond that, on that side, like VT is, VT's tough. I do. I respect what Duke is doing. Duke has been supremely trash. Are you like years. throwing down? Are you like, hey, we've got our league got so much depth, or is that like something you stay I, well, with? I, I wouldn't say that. I I think we got some. We got some teams that can play. I like I said, I like Pitt. Um, besides that, on the coastal side, I think Duke and North Carolina. We'll see how that plays out. Uh, the Atlantic, though. I'm liking what I'm seeing from Florida State. Honestly, Florida State's playing with some swagger that we haven't seen as of late. I like what Florida State's putting down. 
Syracuse has had some some big wins. Undefeated. Yeah, like I mean, I like I love what Dino's doing. I like Cuse. Yeah. I like Syracuse. NC State to me is like a, a pit team that I think when these bowl games come up, ACC is gonna get some victories over a Big Ten and SEC team. I like I like NC State. I like Wake Forest. What Clawson's done in Wake Forest to me the past seven years, what what Dave Dorn's done at NC State, Wake Forest, what's happening at Wake Forest, what's happening at Pitt. To me, those are remarkable, like, transformations of programs to make them real, like, contenders as of recent. So, I like Wake. Uh, other than that, Louisville, BC. Uh, okay. So, you're not uh, throwing down on the depth. You're not I, I think I think we got – we have – looking at it, we got six teams. We got okay. six teams that – so, I guess half the league that I would put some money down on if I was a betting man. Yeah, five teams in the current top 25. I'll, All right, Here's play. a conversation for you, though, before we leave. Quarterback playing ACC might be some of the best. What'd you think? Uh, I like I like Leary. What you just playing right now? Okay. Hartman, uh, Jordan Travis when he's healthy. I think he's a, he's a, he's just a good player. Um, sure, yeah, it's solid. I mean, we're gonna get to Miami in a minute. Like on paper, yeah. I like Tyler Van Dyke. We haven't seen the best of him. Uh, I know. Okay, all right, I'm, I'm with you here. Yeah, North Carolina's balling. North Carolina's I know. Balling, Dr- man. Drake Mays, he's week, playing Austin good ball. I know. Okay, all right. So, Clint, talk to me about the SEC. How do you feel about the depth? Are you sitting there like, man, top to bottom, our league is kicking. You know what? We could throw. What do you think? That's usually just like yeah. a lazy take I mean, from everybody. But you live it. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, I call it lazy or call it real, whichever. I mean, for me, the, the reason the SEC is the best conference in America has nothing to do with Alabama and Georgia, and it has everything to do with three through nine. Um, a year in, year out, that that bunch rotates, and and I I think they're they're in terms of three through nine teams or three through eight teams in, in conferences, I think they're significantly better than the other conferences that are, that are three through nine. I mean, you, I, I looked up the rankings that, that, um, that I, I think Dagan put in the, in the, in the, the, the uh, rundown for uh, the PAC 12. And, and I, I look at top 20 teams right now, you got seven teams in the top 20. Um, you talk about teams that are three and one or better right now, the entire West and three teams out of the East. And you talk about it, teams that aren't mentioned in that particular group in either one of those groups that I just mentioned from can go on the field at any given Saturday upset of a, a big football team. I'll say Mississippi State, Florida and LSU are three teams that can do that right now. And they're not in, 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 in either one of the, the, uh, the, they're not in the top 20 right now. So, um, yeah, I, I just, I think the meat of, of the SEC is what makes them special. I, I don't. I think every conference has one or two lead dogs that that really, they're the 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 tail that wags the dog, so to speak, in every conference. Uh, and then it's below. It's 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 what's going on below that. And to me, Arkansas is by far the the better conference in that from that perspective. Yeah, I think it's an interesting take because, like, from the West Coast, right, or maybe in parts of the Northeast or in the Midwest, you think SEC, and rightfully so, you think Bama, Georgia. A little drama at NAM, but that's about it. You know, like you're like that is like the clear perennial for for obvious reasons. Like I don't think anybody even here is going to argue that. That's what it is. When you look at the Big Ten, it's been Ohio State and throw Michigan in there now, based on the logo, what they did last year, and and where they are, where they sit now. I don't think anything's been dramatically impressive, but they've done what they've had to do every single week. It'll be fun to watch them continually get tested. You look at the ACC and it's throw down Clemson. We want Miami to be good. Uh, to your point, the Florida State love watching Mike Norvell and put that thing together, and maybe get an NC State 
my beloved Pitt Panthers. It's still hard for me to say ACC. I played in the Big East, and right. it still feels like we're in the ACC. You know, it's still one of those, and it's and it's been a while. I say all that because I think on the West Coast, where, where I reside, um, the narrative often gets thrown down like, all right, if you don't win that, your non-conference games, your crossover games, nobody cares about the league. And when I go, oh. like, one of my litmus tests is go to the NFL. Who gets drafted? And every year for the last probably eight years or so, the Pac-12 has been third behind some version of the ACC Big Ten than the Pac-12. We have two less teams than both those teams. And we know what the top of Alabama and Georgia have been throwing guys to the NFL. Ohio State uh, leads that league dramatically as well. But our league has continually kicked players out. And I think that's gotten lost because of no playoff appearance, don't win your non-conference games. And it's like, oh, they don't have a lot of good players. And that's not the reality. So that I say that to spin it forward now, we have five teams ranked in the top 15. Say what you will about the AP ratings. I'm not a huge fan of that poll anyway, but it is a litmus test. And what I felt here is like all of a sudden there's a national conversation of like, oh, right. Pac-12 has got some dudes. Like it's not SC1 ugly. It's, dude, that was a hell of a game that we had Saturday night. I called it as USC at Oregon State. It was off the charts. And, and I just feel that shift. Curious if you guys do as well where you sit in your respective regions of the country. I, I look, I'm going to say this. Um, no, I guess it don't really matter. I think the Pac-12 has manufactured a good league this year. To me, a lot of the spark has, has come from outside in. Not Oregon's different. But you look at, I mean, what's happening? What happened? You mean like the transfer portal? Yeah, which I, I think hats off to like, hey, Make it happen. I think SCU, they brought obviously brought in Link, bringing Caleb Williams, Jordan Addison, get it popping. And as far as like a brand standpoint, SC's a big brand, but kind of getting some swagger back to me is what I – I think SC's relevancy this year before they even played stepped on the field was up there with the best of them. Just like every, every, the an anticipation to see what they could be, how they could play it out was great. You look what's happening at UW. Uh, UW had some big transfers go to air, and they're like – they. They wow. put it. They put it all. Yeah, they put it all together, and it's it's really cool to see. So to me, uh, I think, like you said, I think the balance right now in that league is really cool to see. As far as like, I think that, to me that the biggest test I think would be a testament to the league is they're competitive amongst each other. I would love to see some Pac-12 teams stay up there. Obviously, have some competitive losses because somebody's got to lose at some point. They all gonna play each other. Um, yeah. But then for the these New Year's Six bowls, some of these bigger bowl games for Pac-12 to kind of get some get some key matchups against a Big Ten school, ACC school, SEC school, and get those wins. To me, that would be a really good look for the Pac-12. Along with, you, hey, let's say you get a team in the playoffs. That'd be great, too. But I think just, like, having those, like, that, that three to like three to seven range, those being strong teams this year. What do you think, Clint? Well, I mean, I, I can just speak for me. I, I don't have a whole lot. Of, to be honest with you, I, I don't participate typically or, or I'm not really involved in, in many of the conference to conference, you know, who's stronger, what's going on, you know, versus the other. So I, the only time I really have that interaction is with you guys. I, I don't um, – for me, it, it personally, if USC is, is playing good football, I think it changes the entire landscape of the Pac-12. I, I, it's, it's a blue blood. It's the brand. It's it's now it's Lincoln Riley and all the all the drama that was around it, the transfer central. Um, but call it what you want. When when they're when they're playing good football, I think 
and I'm, maybe I'm guilty of it too. I think that's one school for me that when they're ranked high and when their record's good, yo, I'm like, this is legit, man. Let me tune in. This is if everybody's saying SC's good, I gotta, I gotta see what they got because I know they got dudes. I know they're, I know they're spitting them out to the NFL when they're, when they're right. Um, so maybe it's the, it's the big boy over there or, or the the blue blood over there. Maybe that that brings my attention to it. But I know right now for me. Um, with what's going on in Washington with the Penis Kid, what's going on in Oregon with with uh, with Bo Nix, what I watched with Utah. I know Florida beat them, but 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 Utah is a a really 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 good football team. Um, and then obviously what's going on at USC. I don't know why anybody that takes the time to wrap their mind around the Pac-12 would think any less of it right now. They're playing great football. You know what's interesting yeah. about all of that is that you know you could argue one of the best wins in college football was Washington State going to Wisconsin and doing what they did in that game. Facts. And, like, Facts. they're not even a part of that dialogue. So that's why I think, like, the depth there, to your point about the new faces, how about this? Out of the 12 teams in our league, because we don't have 14 like a lot of the other leagues, out of the 12 teams, only two quarterbacks are at, are starting at their school that came from high school. That's UCLA and Dorian Thompson-Robinson and Tanner McKee at Stanford, who, by the way, went on a mission before he ended up at Stanford. So the, the conference I've always felt is like the cradle of quarterbacks. That's like, again, lazy take. That's just kind of what historicals would say. But now it's right. Like, I do love the quarterback play. Do You, you referenced earlier, what, what league do I like best? I don't think it's close. When you look at one through eight in this league, like I'm not including guys that transfer in like Emory Jones, like ASU just fired their head coach. They're struggling right. there. Um, but you look at like Jaden Delores at Arizona. He was a player of the year last year in the league on offense as a freshman, obviously Caleb Williams and Cam Ward and Bo Nix and Tanner, you can kind of go up and down the league and you're like Jack Plummer, even at Cal, like you're just like, Oh, like it's kind of cool to see that. Uh, I get CJ and Bryce, what they are in their leagues. Uh, Caleb, he had a down game over the weekend, but he's a real dude. Cam rising is a real dude. Like I I just love that for the league. And I'm so happy that like, because I do believe this. I do believe that whether you're on, uh, you know, another network or live in another part of the country, like it's just an easy shot, right? A lot of times at the Pac-12. And now that our league like didn't get rolled in like a bad non-con loss, like nobody was AM, nobody lost the app state. Like yeah. nobody had a bad one of those like whoa, trending losses. Like we had some trending wins, or even like the ones that were like what happened, like Cal Notre Dame. Like we all know what happened on like that whack call on the field goal. We're like, what happened? Like I think Cal came out of that as respected program around it, it was a, a moral victory for sure yeah i mean whatever yeah i mean we all hate that phrase but like i'm with you like I, I think the league has garnered that respect and and what is unique about it is that i'll take washington who i would now if you're like you know, they haven't left their home state or their home stadium they go to ucla on friday night who's also undefeated it's gonna be a tough game on on friday night i'll be the whole nation will be watching but i look at them and i'm like they've been more impressive than michigan I think they've been more impressive than SC. Now, granted, they haven't had a road game like SC did. They didn't have to go to Oregon State over the weekend in front of a standing room only crowd. But I wonder, like, if they had some more juice in the offseason, are they top eight team in the country? That's what's going to be fun, I think, for us out west. And to your point about playing everybody, because we play nine conference games, um, we don't. So you look at UW, they don't play Utah or SC. Oh, wow. USC does not play Oregon or UW. So I think there's like, you look at the teams now and I could argue Oregon state's playing the, as our, you know, as good a football as anybody in the league. If USC is at the top, they got to play Utah this weekend. I'm calling their game. 
right? I think Utah is going to be really talented. They get SC at home. Like I think the scheduling this year more than ever about who you miss is going to be a thing. So you right. have a path to Vegas because they don't have to play the two teams that I referenced. So I, I love the drama around it. Um, I think no matter what, next week we still have five or more teams in the top 25 based on the crossover games. And I'm just excited because it's really good football. Schematics are really good. These coaches kick out to the NFL. The players kick out to the NFL. And it just feels good that people are giving it that attention versus me shouting from the rooftops. Now, my big pet peeve <laughs> is I am not happy with you guys. You can't be starting like field of 12 after dark when we're playing a game, bro. Like it ain't after dark <laughs> kicking off a game. And I get the text to retweet. I ain't retweeting that. <laughs> you got to start the show. I, I, I got a, I got a question. I have some friends that play play on a Pac-12. Why do you think just like the fan supports in there? Like I watch UCLA play, and I, the they got some swagger to the team. They got cool jerseys, but to see the stadium, bro, yeah. some of these kids play in front of more, play in front of more people in high school. Like, fact. well, I think for UCLA, I think everybody's got their own dialogue, right? Like, like Oregon State was sold out. Utah has sold out fifty-six straight games, like standing room only. Like UW is bonkers. There I ain't think nothing in, LA, in Utah, so they ain't got nothing going on. Maybe LA got too much going well, on. Salt Lake City is like a top 20 media market in the country. So I, I don't know if I agree with that. But I think for SC and UCLA, like you got to be good. And you have to play somebody that's really attractive. So for UCLA, they were supposed to play Michigan. Michigan bailed. So they had to pick up Alabama State. So it's like right. Alabama State, South Alabama, Bowling Green. Nobody's going to come to that. Now, Friday night in LA, it, it, it's almost as hard as those. I'm curious to see what it's like Friday night. School just started. They're a quarter system school. So they'll sell out for Utah when they have them in two weeks. They'll sell out yeah. for the rest of their game, at least get 60,000 and 80,000 stadium, which is pretty solid for here. But yeah, there's just more going on, bro. Like there's nothing yeah. popping in Clemson other than a game, nothing going on in Fayetteville. Other than nah, no, it's, it's, it's all truth. ball. Yeah, right. It's all ball. So I think like, but if you go down the list and you're like, Oregon, Oregon state, UW, Pullman, Arizona, when Arizona state's good, that sells out. Utah, when SC is good, it'll it'll light up in their home game this weekend against ASU. I just think it's kind of one of those. And yeah. I also think that the rest of the country, when you look at the stadiums, maybe it's not as dramatic as like Troy Aikman tweeting about it, but nobody's selling out every single week. Even the Blue Bloods aren't as what they used to be, from at least from what I read. So I think there's an element of fans saying, ah, do I, do I want to go? Maybe not at the top few schools in the country, um, but I think overall fan attendance has been down. Yeah. Not at KU. Hey, KU jumping, ain't it? Oh. Hey, hey, right, so. hey, KU jumping. Yeah. I ain't gonna lie. I'm, I'm happy for them because they have I'll tell you what. I, I am so happy for that program. Yeah. I hope they sign their coach. Hey, hey and Kansas years. State. Kansas yeah. State. Look, that's going to be a game. Kansas State versus Kansas. Kansas State's got a big win against Oklahoma. So, Bro, I, mean, I used to work in the Big 12, and I called a bunch of games at those two stadiums. When they're good, it's a really fun place. And it yeah. could be a hard place to play. So, um, all right, let, let, let's – I want to hit a couple of storylines before we get out of here. Um, I want to talk about Miami. Good. And I want to break down the QB thing a little bit. I want to talk about um, who we think right now we're a third of the way through the season. Like, if you were like, all right, who, who just passes your eye test, best team in America? Who do you got? And I want to end on coaching hires. I want to save about six, seven minutes for that. So, let's start with Miami. Um First year for Mario Cristobal. I think we, we forget that a lot. Like, there's this crazy expectation. The U is back. But it's first year. Tyler Van Dyke. We'll see. 
uh, Mr. Garcia, they play him, uh, another big recruit out of Southern California, remember from high school. Uh, but Clint, what, what's your take on, on what's going on at the U? Uh, it was a tough loss, embarrassing loss, whatever you want to call it to Middle Tennessee. Uh, but here we go. They enter conference play. What, what are your thoughts about that? Well, I think a couple of things. To be clear, I, I did not see the game where where he got benched. So I, I'll be clear with that. But I won't speak on that. I, I, I will. I'll say this, though. When, when you got a new head coach and you're going through that transition period, it's real easy for everybody to buy in as long as you're winning. It's real easy for everybody to buy in when there's no starters and everybody everybody gets to compete and everybody's got a, a new life and, and and they're competing their tail off. And the minute you lose to A&M after they lost to App State, you know, I think it's a little different challenge for a coach to keep that that group together. Um, and and so it wouldn't shock me at all if, if that's not a major problem for Cristobal right now. With the quarterback situation, again, I did not see that ball game, but but I know there had that, that could cause major waves in that organization because we're not just talking about a quarterback. We're talking about a dude that, a lot of people said it was a first-round draft pick prospect, um, you know, at least that caliber player. We're talking about a dude that, I mean, he was the talk of my – he was the U in terms of, of why they were ranked high and, and what their expectations were. And all of a sudden, you bench him? Like, that's – I don't know from the outside looking in, but to me, it takes something pretty significant. It's not just a really good quarterback that you made the face of your program – and he had a rough couple games, so you bench him. That's typically the guy that you really hang your hat on in terms of helping you rebuild for a year or for two years um, when you first get there. So I don't know what happened, but typically when somebody like this, when a player like that gets benched this early in the season, it's usually more than just, hey, man, his completion percentage wasn't high enough, or hey, man, he missed a couple of touchdowns in a, in a critical moment. There's usually more to that, and and that's 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 concerning for Miami from my perspective. What do you think, D, about this program? And you know, you've seen the game here. Yeah, I I, I kind of agree with that. Uh, to Clint's take about just they being a little more there. Maybe it's just the pressure. Um, you hire Crystal Ball, and the U is back, and they they blaring and bumping it all off season, and just to see some of the reality kick in that you still have to putting a lot of work and it's not going to happen as quick as you would like it. Um, seeing them lose to AM and then get, getting another shocking close game against middle Tennessee. Uh, I don't know if y'all seen that picture that kind of went viral, but it was like, they, they kind of paused the film. It was when they had that reverse. It's kind of like a receiver versus there's three guys just standing there with the ball. And it just looks bad. I think that's, that's the pressure he feels like it just looks bad. Like obviously lose the game being close was already pressure enough. That it was like, all right, what are we doing here? Then for them to lose that game, uh, is just like it's a bad look on Crystal Ball. So I think he feels the pressure of the expectations of that program and alumni that he's got to make it happen. So he just saw, he saw him going downhill, and I think instead of riding with Tyler Van Dyke, and that's the thing is like, what happens if you does he come back? I think for a guy like that, you gotta if he's your guy, you gotta at least let him fight to come back and win the game for to bench him and then lose the game. It's to me more demoralizing if he would just stay in the game and lost himself. Because now they lost, and he's thinking in the back of his head, like, why did you bench me? I could have helped us win the game, even if he was struggling. And so I think there's something there. And just, I mean, I would probably go to go on and say it's not as much to this caliber, but as far as height going to the season, I mean, I had somebody tell me Tyler Van Dyke might be the, the best quarterback in the league. And this is from like an expert told me that. 
And so I'm, and he it was warranted. Like he had some really good games last year. He's having flip flop years as DJ to me, like struggling, like not being what people said he would be. Not that it's, you've definitely seen it be there, but it's not there right now. And yeah. DJ's having the opposite year. DJ's being who people thought he could be. Yeah, well, and DJ's got a different defense, right? Like, like to be fair, when you when you give up forty five points in Middle Tennessee, um, I don't know. I'm just curious to see what how this shakes out. Like, I, I've known Mario a while from when he was at Oregon, and yeah. I think this is really interesting, right? Like, there's one school of thought of like ride with your guy because you don't want to pull him because if if you pull him and then put him back in, what does that do with his confidence? I don't right. think Tyler Van Dyke is that guy. I think I'd imagine he's already pretty confident. I wonder if it was a world where like, okay, he doesn't have his fastball today. Um, we're losing yeah. to middle Tennessee. Let's see if we can have a spark. Like I, I, I tend to think it was that I, I kind of hope it was that maybe that's the optimist in me. Um, but I look at North Carolina at VT, Vatek, which is, I mean, you know, this is a challenging place to play. Hey, that, that place is rocking too. Place is crazy. Yeah. Then they get Duke, Virginia, and away they go in the last month of the season. Um, I don't know how they're going to go, but but I think this. I think that it, because it's Miami, you warrant getting picked apart for everything that you do. You warrant getting too much praise for everything that you do. Uh, and you warrant probably too much criticism for things that you maybe don't do. Uh, I say that because it's still year one. And this is a team that struggled last year. This is a program that didn't yeah. have – a ton of players. They did not do like a USC. When you look at like the transfer portal, they added pieces, but they didn't add yeah. Jordan Addison. They didn't add Eric Gentry. They didn't add Makai Blackman. Like they added pieces. But I think because of the logo that we said earlier, and that's kind of been a theme of this show tonight, they're expected to be so much bigger. And I blame the AP <clears throat> to a degree on that, right? They're highly ranked and didn't really done much. Their first couple of games lose to AM. wasn't pretty. And of course, last week wasn't pretty. So I still think it's like, it's year one. Year two, they lose to Middle Tennessee State. They pull their starter. I think it's a totally different dialogue than it is now. So, so we'll keep an eye. We, hey, yo, once I, it's funny. I, I got my senior year, um, Coach Nut benched me, like late in the Kentucky game. And uh, I didn't even know it, man. Like, he didn't even come to me and tell me. Like, I, I'm jogging back out on the field as, as a, this is my third year starting. And we're, I don't know, five, six games in the season. And I'm jogging back out there, and I look over my my backup, who ain't never done nothing. I mean, he it wasn't even like he wasn't highly rated. It, it was. I, I look over, and he's standing next to me. And I'm like, "The hell are you doing out here?" And he's like, "Oh, <laughs> oh, coach told me to come in." And I was like, "What?" He's like, "Yeah." So I turn around, and coach is like, "Yeah, this first time." So he calls me over, and uh, anyway, I ended up going back in the game. And then the next week, I was a starter. I didn't lose my starting job. I don't think we ever even discussed it, to be honest with you. But it was there was so much behind the scenes that went into it. Um, that, and partly a part of it was me. And, and I swear to this day, I subconsciously changed the play after a timeout. Uh, we argued back and forth. Like, I want to run this play. And he's like, no, I want to run this play. I was like, no, coach, this right here is the play. He's like, no, I want to, I said, all right, we'll run your play. So I go in there where I call my play. And I, and I swear to this day, I swear to this day, cause it wasn't a whole lot of difference. I swear to this day. I, I just, in my mind, I was hell bent on, this is the play. And I called it. And of course I throw it incomplete. We punt. And and he, I think he, I think that was a deal. But we were going into that game, and we were a we were a twenty one personnel run the football, play action, throw the deep ball. That's that's we had a quick good quick game. Well, this game, me Joe Ferguson was my offense was my quarterback coach, and so 
And Joe Ferguson, D, I don't even know if you know who Joe Ferguson is, but he's an old – I mean, O.J. Simpson's quarterback back in Buffalo. Played for gotcha. – played in the NFL for 18 years. He was – he was a he's a, and he was yeah. a badass coach. Well, we had talked Coach Nutt into going five wides because Kentucky back in the Hal Mummy and Mike Leach days played all man. It's all they played on defense was man-to-man. They wanted to try to get – either let you score or get a pick so that they could get the offense back going the other way. And – uh Man, we came out there and 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 Kentucky was up three touchdowns in about in about eight minutes. <laughs> so I know I know Coach hey, Coach Nutt was mad as hell at me for that, and then he was mad at Ferguson, and then I go out there and call it you know and call a damn play that he told me not to call, and he said I didn't had enough of this song. Get out of here, man. So he missed. Right. So to, I say all that to say to the to the what's going on at Miami, we will know by who starts this next football game for the Hurricanes what went on. Yep. Right. If, it, if it's if it's young, the young kid, hey man, Tyler done messed up somewhere along the way. Right. I mean that that just ain't how it should go down. And I'll say this: Jake Garcia, really talented player, was an SC commit coming out of high school. Ended up flipping, went to Miami. Uh, he'll win games for them whenever he is the starter. Is yeah. This week, he's in the future. We'll see. All right, we're gonna skip the question on like who the best team is because I'm assume a lot of us will just say Georgia. Because um, I want to have a thoughtful conversation in the last four minutes. You each get 90 seconds. What do you think about early season firings from the perspective of a player? D, you go first. If that was your head coach and you were losing and he got he got bounced, what do you think that does to your locker room? Depends on, like, I feel like the context and narratives around the coach. Like, um, one is, like, if it's a scandal or something, that changes, but obviously probably referring to to let's just say you're just not playing well you're just not playing yeah if you just if you just suck as a program um not as a pro what suck as a program stretch you've been you've have you haven't been that successful hey wrench ain't qualified wrench ain't qualified to answer this question hell he's out there playing for national championships what the hell we doing i'm like i would have a very spoiled experience my my hopefully my coach i'm going nowhere so i can always come back and be loved um (laughs) but is well i do think about these other teams and i think it's just to me I don't know. To, to some to some standard, it could be like a a way to kind of spark something. If you've already been playing bad, maybe this is like you can rally around this. You know, if it's a guy who may have had, hadn't got a fair shake, and you actually believed in what he was doing, uh, like I look at like Nebraska, like I don't think to me like I feel like they like Frost. They just couldn't get it done with Frost. You know, mm-hmm. um, to me that can be demor that can be demoralizing uh, when you feel like you believed in a guy, you believe in this culture, and a coaching staff bought in and. Then that that just doesn't happen to me. That can be um, can be really can be really divisive, okay. um, especially like because then like who who the person who gets uh, like promoted, like are yeah. they that respected? And like t- to me, sometimes the people who get promoted, uh, not all the time, but like maybe the perception for the administration is different than the perception of the locker room. So right, is it really Clint. somebody that people respect? Yeah. All right, ninety seconds, Clint, hit it. Yeah, I, I love the thought of nip it in the bud. If if he's not my guy, and there's going to be a bunch of the administration and and the boosters and things like that on the outside making a bunch of noise and uh, you know causing problems. This guy's not focused. It's it, it's a dead end. It's a dead end year for for him. I'd rather just eliminate him from the process. 
let us get a, a, another another face that we are familiar with because he'd be a coach that's on the on the squad. Get him up there, see if we can't get a little bit of energy and at least make the rest of the year fun. And, and from a, from our perspective in the media or even from their perspective in, in administration, you got to nip it in the bud. I, I don't believe in letting things letting things play out like that. If you know I'm not your guy, get me the hell up out of here I, and and move on. So I, I think it's best if you nip it in the bud from everybody's perspective. Got it. First four weeks of the season, nipping in the bud versus the end of the previous year. Interesting takes from you. Can't guys. go back. That's Can't go back, Yogi. Can't yeah. go back. Can't go back to last year. Can't go back. I just think of the seniors. That's where my head goes all the time. Like if the culture is healthy, but you're not winning, does it really help? I don't know. We'll see. SC didn't really help last year. We'll see what happens with Nebraska, Arizona State. Now Georgia Tech enters the fray as well. Uh, fellas, I had a blast. I learned about adversity. I learned about execution. I learned you got a daughter on the way, man. It was Come a on. fun show. Uh, thanks for the follow. Make sure you go to uh, fieldof68.shop. Uh, we got some new t-shirts, I think, coming. Like, back the pack. Got some sweet Pac-12 t-shirts coming there, fellas. All right. Lots of love. Stay safe. Peace.